What's up, people? Uh, we got a good show for you today. Uh, we have a couple of guests. We're gonna co- we're gonna cover a bunch a bunch of stuff. So, first off, kicking off the show in a couple of minutes, uh, Justin Henry is gonna join us and give us some of his top ten fantasy football plays. So it could be I don't know, like waiver wire pickups. It could be you know people to drop, people to trade for. So his top 10 uh, things to help you win fantasy. So he's going to kick off the show in a couple of minutes. Then my co-host from Fluent and Chill, Haley, is going to pop on. um, And we are both going to share first our criteria, as we always do, uh, for why we're picking these top 10s. And the top 10 list this week that we're going to cover is top 10 greatest moments in sports, top 10 biggest stories in sports. You can kind of fit in whatever word you want to use, but it's a top 10 biggest things, things that matter the most in sports. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to have my list that are important to me. Haley's going to have the things that are important to her. But I want you guys, so the ones that are already in here and viewing, and I'll say it a couple of times, I want you guys to either send in a super chat or I'll put in the link kind of halfway through the show and have you guys jump on and tell me what your five biggest uh, stories um, in sports history are. Now, you can tell me one, you can tell me two. To, to keep it short, let's maybe keep everybody just tell me your one. And it doesn't have to be the biggest. It doesn't have to be your number one on your list. But like if there's one that we missed, if there's one that you think maybe doesn't get enough you know, recognition for being a top show or a top uh, story in sports, share that. All right, so we've got a couple of minutes before um justin is joining us so let's bring on we'll bring on Haley quickly Haley, are you there hi fluent how's it going Uh oh i think you might be muted how are you i'm good i'm good no i can hear you i can hear you um so before you know we're not gonna do the biggest stories yet because we're gonna bring in um, can you hear fluent Hmm. everybody can hear me can you not hear me? All right. Why don't you jump out and come back in? Okay. I'll be back. All right. Haley's going to jump out and come back in. Um, we're going to get... So what I want to do for Justin's sake, if you have fantasy questions, if you have fantasy questions, start off with your fantasy questions first. So start with your fantasy questions first. So that way, once Justin jumps on here in a couple of minutes, uh, we can... Um, we can jump into those fantasy things right away. Um, I will let Haley know that we all could hear her. She just couldn't hear me, which eh, maybe is a good thing. Um, so fantasy football questions, get them in the chat now so we can get go over those with Justin. And then we're going to kick in uh, our top 10 stories, uh, our biggest stories of sports. Actually, while we're doing that, why don't you start in the chat too? Either your fantasy football questions and maybe some of your biggest stories. So Justin should be here any minute. Let's see if we can get the best two starting wide receivers. Okay, let me star that. I don't even know. Do you do you guys play fantasy football? Uh, you know, yeah, I'm buying a little time. I got one minute before uh, Justin gets here. In the PC gridiron, I'll just give you an update. Um, I'll give you this. You guys want to know the standings uh, in the PC gridiron bowl. There's only two undefeated teams. We're only, what, three? We're only three questions in? We're only three questions in, or sorry, three weeks in, three questions. We're only three weeks in, and there are only two undefeated teams left. It's PC Gridiron. We we know our football. So here are the standings, starting from the bottom. Trent. Trent. You'd think Trent, with all those interviews of NFL players, you think Trent. Uh, he's He is last at 0-3. G-Baby at 0-3. Uh, who's this? Bama, 1-2. Uh, Tegan, 1-2. Their team's kind of stink. Um, Trey is one and two. Dub, two and one. Two and one. His only loss to me. 
Uh, Dub two and one. Uh, Nick Dawson is at two and one. Ben, big B Ben, big Ben block boys is two and one. And the only two undefeated teams, J Rob and your, and, and me fluent, uh, both are three and oh, uh, this week. Oh, I'm going against the O and three Trent. So that should be, that should be an easy win. All right. So it looks like, you know, sometimes you have technical difficulties and your guests, uh, don't show up on time. So we're going to jump right into my list of top 10 top 10 greatest uh moments in sports history so here we go top 10 now let me just tell you my criteria my criteria when i look at this is either their significance globally their significance nationally their significance to me personally and then you know through research and like whether it be views impact on other people stories written about them so things that kind of happened um, in in the world. So at number 10, at number 10 for me is the miracle on ice. So for those of you that don't know, that was 1980. Uh, the U.S. hockey team unexpectedly defeated the, at the time, the Soviet Union. It was a huge deal in the Winter Olympics. No, They, they were the underdog. No one personally thought that was going to happen. It really sparked, although even though hockey still isn't big, um, in in America, it it did spark an interest, um, and it affected the world globally because everybody thought, right? No one's beaten the Soviet Union, especially uh, the U.S. Lake Placid, and and they make and they make a huge impact, and and they win uh, the gold medal. So that's number ten. Um, number ten, the miracle on ice. Now we're going to pause because our guest Justin Henry is here. Uh, I'm going to tell you once he jumps on where you can find him, but we're going to get his top 10. Like I said, top 10. I hope it's fantasy advice. It might be waiver wire pickups. It might be trade. Uh, and I'm going to add, I think we only got one. We only got one fantasy question in. So let's Justin, man. How you doing? Flo, what's good, bro? How you living? Can you hear me? Okay. Oh, you, you fine, bro. It sounds good. Amazing audio quality as always, my brother. All right. Well, you know, uh, we had uh, uh, the other guest there said she couldn't hear me. Everybody could hear her, but it was, it was some on her side. I'm blaming her, man. She needed to upgrade her top ten audio equipment. That's what she really That's, needed. That was not. Yeah, that was probably eleven on the list of top ten <laughs> uh, headphones. So we're doing we're doing top ten greatest moments in sports history, but it's very very important fantasy football. Yes. Um, you know, you know why you're my favorite because like. Almost every time I see you, you're either wearing a Laker hat or a Raptor hat. Hey. And being from Toronto and being a Laker fan, you know, I'm a I'm a fan of, I'm a fan of the hats. Um, Got to roll with the winners, baby. The, yeah. the Los We're, Angeles we, Lakers we, roll with the winners, baby. Yeah, well, this this year's the year, as always. Uh, there could be a parade in my city. Um, <laughs> so, do you have your top ten list before we get into it? Is it just overall things you need to do to win? Is it waiver wire pickups? What did what you put together for us this week? I went through waiver wires because this is one of the weeks where I think there's a lot of people on waivers and it's week three or week four of the season. A lot of people, there's some teams that are 0 and 3, some that are 3 and 0. So I wrote down some names for 10 team leagues, 12 team leagues. I'm going to go through 10 names that I think people just need to keep an eye on or add on waivers tonight because a lot of waivers process tonight. So I'll give some names, my advice on them. A lot of people don't like my takes because they're not consensus. But I'm going to give you something else to think about when I drop these names. So it'll be a top 10 list of waiver players that are probably on waivers in various leagues and my thoughts on them. All right. So, so you know, in my league of record, I'm two and one. Okay. I, and, and, and it took the highest score of the week to beat me in that, in that one. And in our PC one, I'm three and oh. But the, hey, you can always get better. I can, like, if I take someone off my bench and put, it, put in one of these guys, because I'll tell you this. I won a close one last week, and the reason I won a close one last week was because I didn't listen to the consensus who said bench Jerome Ford. I listened mm. to you who oh. said Jerome Ford, and that was the extra points that I needed. So, See, thank you. You know, sometimes it, sometimes it pays to be like because I've been I've been playing fantasy for well over twenty years now, and it's like this is one of the th those things. Some people get addicted to things. This is one of those things I get addictive and compulsive about, but I'm really good at it too. Oh, hey, hey, it worked. Now, 
I'll be calling you up and letting you know, you know, I used to I used to have Adam Rank on. And he gave me some bad advice because we're both Chicago Bear homers. And, uh, you know, you never trust a Bears fan. And I, I, he lost me my week and I said, that's it. You're cut off. Hey. Still love you, Adam. Just playing. All right. So top. So, so you want to start at 10 and work our way down? Let's do 10. Yeah, we can work right. work our way down. All right. Don't go through it quickly because I'm, I'm I might have a question on on that player. Oh, I'll go through, give a little 30-second, one-minute spiel on each player, and then let you fire back at me, all right? Perfect. All right, number 10. This is a player that a lot of people saw on the screen, but he didn't have a lot of fantasy points. Uh, Rashi Rice, or Rashi Rice, however you want to say his name, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, that's a player we are familiar with, and obviously with the Chiefs, they have a lot of places they can go. Travis Kelsey's number one. They got Kadarius Tony, who's dropping everything inside. Sky Moore, who seems to be in and out. MVS, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scanling, who's more of their deep play guy. But Rasheed Rice is starting to fit in as a guy who's getting looks. And one of the places he's getting looks is in the red zone. We saw two touchdowns that were just, well, should have been touchdowns, right at the one-yard line, half-inch yard line, whatever you want to call it. But listen, this is a guy that, as a rookie, second-round rookie for this team, has a lot of upside. And you could probably get him for free because he didn't score a touchdown. Some of the other players on this list are going to have to pay a little bit more. But Rasheed Rice may go a little um, little unnoticed in some of these leagues. I would say 12-team leagues, this is a pickup. Let me ask you. Because, look, if you, have, if you have Travis Kelsey, you're starting Travis Kelsey. Of course. I'm not, that's not what I'm going to go with. Do you feel like if he – could he be a little bit distracted now and maybe a guy like Rice or something? Is that is he going to pick up a little because he's he's a little you – know, uh, I got I give zero thought. Zero thought to that other stuff on the side. I am not interested at all. I don't know what the hype's all about. At the end of the day, Travis Kelsey, I know that's a dog out there on the football field. So all right. All right. So you the, can, no, miss, no you can swiftly miss me with that. All right, fine. So Rice, uh, yeah, because there, there was a couple – and you're right, because I was like, oh, yeah, he's in my head. I was like, no, he scored a couple of times, but you're right. It was it was it was close. So he's he's there. He's, he's going to punch them in. Um, I'll wait to ask my other Kansas City question because he might be on your list. So I'll stop. All right. So that's number 10. I have no other Kansas City players, so you might as well get it out now. Are we buying or selling Pacheco? Pacheco. I don't say people anyone's name, right? Yeah, it's it's cool because I got a name that I've called a couple people, but I'm not gonna I'm gonna keep it clean on the fluent show. I'm gonna keep the top ten list clean and not say any two words that might piss might piss some people off here. But he don't catch the rock, and it's hard for him to score a touchdown. So I think players like that in fantasy are tough for me to trust. I put him at RB three range in your standard leagues without points for reception. They're a little bit easier to roster, a little bit easier to start. But players that don't catch three to four catches a game. They're not getting a whole lot of goal line looks. It's tough for me to put him in there. He's more of like a six to 10 point guy. RB3 range for me on Pacheco. All right, so Pacheco, that's a no. All right, number nine. Number nine, this is a guy who played well last week. He missed week two uh, with the concussion. He he got drilled in week one, Jacoby Myers. Now, he shouldn't mm-hmm. be out there on a lot of on a lot of free agency, right? Unless you're in a more shallow league, eight-team league. But Jacoby Myers is fitting in like the wide receiver three conversation in PPR leagues. This is a guy that Jimmy G trusts. And we know Jimmy G he doesn't really spread the rock around. They have Devontae Adams. Next up is Jacoby Myers. And he was making some spectacular catches out there on Sunday. Uh, we saw him in that game against the Steelers. Even though there was a couple that he didn't bring down, he was still able to haul the ball in. And so in fantasy, we like guys who get consistent target, consistent work. And when Devontae Adams has a tough matchup, Jimmy G feels comfortable leaning on Jacoby Myers. I think this is a name we all probably think, oh, this is just another guy because of his time in New England. But with the Raiders, he actually has some real fantasy value. So I've never really been in on Jacoby Myers. He don't score a lot of touchdowns. But I think he has some value this season as a wide receiver three, especially in PPR leagues. Okay. Um, that No, no. What the? Josh Jacobs can be okay. Josh Jacobs is going to be fine. He's going to be fine. They were trying to get him involved in the ground game. I, I trust Josh Jacobs. Right. He's not. He ain't the top five guy he was last year. But if you can get him as like an RB1, he's still RB1. Back right. in. Uh, number eight. Number eight. Number eight. So this is a guy I liked coming into the year. Um, a little short guy. A little short guy. Josh Downs from the Indianapolis Colts. He's a third-round pick, a rookie wide receiver. He had 12 targets in the game on Sunday. This is a guy that I like. He plays out the slot, but Anthony Richardson tends to lean to his slot receiver. He had a a high percentage of throws that went to the slot receiver in college, even though he didn't play a lot in college. This is just a tendency he had. And we saw him with three catches in back-to-back weeks in week one and week two. 
enter Gardner Minshew, and now we saw 12 targets for Josh Downs. A very fine day in the air. Listen, this isn't a guy that's going to score six to eight touchdowns, but what he is is he's a yardage guy. He's a guy you can get for free. During bye weeks, when you're looking for players, this might be one of those consistent guys you could throw in your lineup. He gets you four or five catches for 60 to 80 yards with a potential score. So I think at some point he'll score a couple touchdowns on the year. Reminds me a lot of like what Chris Olave was last season, where maybe a, not at the same scale, obviously, like an 800 to 900 yard receiver, three, four touchdowns, probably in the 50 to 60 catch range for, for Josh Downs at least. Number eight, I think he's good value right now in free agency. So let me ask you a question there. Do you, before, um, does his value drop when AR-15 is there? So is he still a play with with it? Because I I I went heavy running back wide receiver and I saved the QB and I and I have yeah. AR-15 is yeah I have a I have I have uh I forget who my other quarterback is oh uh, as a Bears fan I hate to say I have Jordan Love who's done <laughs> who did who did hey, he's playing well just, just fine yeah just just fine for me uh, it's hard for me to root for him though I'm not gonna lie but but I have. I, I pick my quarterbacks late, so I have AR fifteen. Obviously, you know I'm I'm assuming he's going to rush. He's going to get some rushing touchdowns, that sort of thing. Right. But how how much does Downs drop when he's when he's starting versus Minshew? It's not necessarily that Downs drops. It's the ceiling, right? With Minshew, he's not running, so we know a lot of it's going to be volume in the passing game. But the ceiling drops for Dash for Josh Downs now instead of a twelve target ceiling. You're probably more in a six to eight target ceiling. You're hoping for a deep shot. You're hoping for a touchdown for that like really big fantasy day. With Minshew at quarterback, though, things open up a little bit. They can pass it a lot more. I think with, with Richardson, you're just limiting the ceiling. I still think he's at least a six-point floor type guy, three catches for 30 yards. But you just you don't get that like true, true upside that you would with Minshew which is right. kind of weird to say. Right? I know we don't have you for too long, so I'll stop asking questions and we'll go through them a little bit quicker. Number, <laughs> number seven. Number seven is another familiar name, um, and I don't think he's available in a whole lot of leagues, but I've, say, I've seen this question come in a lot. Adam Thielen, and this is a guy that I would spend a good amount of fab on, like 10%. I don't spend a whole lot of fab early in the year because it exponentially gets more valuable as the season goes on. Right When you start to use those fab, when your players go down in week 13, it's much more hurtful for your team than it is early on in the season. So I like spending about 5% to 10% max on players. This is a player Adam Thielen can go comfortably in your lineups as a wide receiver three. Okay. Number, and he had a, yeah, he had a big week if you got him last week. Uh, number yeah. six, number six. Number six, uh, big play machine. We're starting to, to call him a big play machine, and I think there's going to be more opportunities in this Denver Bronco offense. Marvin Mims, uh, also a name that a lot of people probably won't be on. He scored a, a touchdown in the special teams game. I think it was a kick return. A uh, nice long kick return for Marvin Mims. But he's turning into this big play guy for the Broncos, so he doesn't have a whole lot of PPR appeal, and he's not going to catch five, six catches a game. But this is a guy that has explosion in the special teams. And then also, like, they're taking deep shots with him. So I like Marvin Mims as a pickup in, like, 14, 16-man leagues, some 12-team leagues, but he'll be very inconsistent, not a true PPR threat, but has big play potential. So, in, like, in a – let's say, okay, whether it's PPR, half PPR, non-PPR, but, like, he's a guy that maybe flexes him on a bye week, hope he gets one 50-yard touchdown, and you're like, hey, take those 11, 12 points be happy, right? Yes, exactly. During bye weeks, you kind of got to get in your bag a little bit and you got to take those games where maybe the players don't explode for a whole lot of points. But this is a guy that, hey, you put him in there, he might have a 15, 20 point day one week, 152 yards on like two or three. Russ, we know Russ likes to throw the deep ball. So two to three, two plays from Russ, that could be 15, 20 points. All right. Number five. Uh, number five, I wanted to throw a tight end in here as well, right? Obviously, like we got all the receivers, running backs, and I have plenty more of those guys. Um, but I want to talk about Luke Musgrave real quick. Luke Musgrave has been a tight end that I think you can get him in deeper leagues, and he won't he won't play like six catches for 88 yards every week. That's not who he is. But Jordan Love's looking his way, and he's had two touchdowns over these first three weeks just over his outstretched hands. And we know how valuable those looks are, right? If you're getting targeted downfield, especially as a tight end, it can lead to big play opportunities there. So I think Luke Musgrave, when tight end is so – it's trash right now. Like it's, it's trash. Like it's trash. It's trash. So Luke Musgrave is a guy that can fit in as like a top 15 tight end and you'll be good. So I don't, I don't love spending a whole lot on him, but I, at the end of the day, I think there's some value there. Okay. Uh, number, number four. 
All right, number four, we're starting to get into like the hardcore waivers. These are, I think, the, the top four players that people are looking at. Uh, number four, I'm going to put Quentin Johnston. And this is a guy, yeah. San Diego Chargers. We saw Mike Williams, unfortunately, go down. He tore his ACL. He's going to be out for the entire year. So it sucks to see that for this offense. There's a lot of expectations, high expectations um, within this offense. You bring in Kellen Moore. Justin Herbert's finally healed. You see Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, both healthy at the same time. But Quinn Johnson's a guy, rookie, first-round rookie, big play potential out of TCU, 6'4", big body, kind of reminds you a little bit of Mike Will. Um, and so for me, this is a guy long-term, the fantasy playoffs, if things start clicking, this is a guy that could have more value at the end of the year. You got him on your squad? Hey, nice pickup there. Nice pickup. Hey, Fluid, I know you. I know you. Nice pickup. I'm not 3 0 for by accident. <laughs> All right. A, number. It's a, it's a good pickup, but I think it's going to take him a while as a rookie to like really get up to speed. Well, I, re I really, I, I, I thought I'd stash him, and I thought maybe later on in the season, the injury again. You never want to see an injury, but the in the injury, you know, I think moves that time frame up a little bit. All right, we're going to get to the top three. Another yep. one. All right, number three. Top three, baby. All right, number three. I'm going to put Tank Dell. This is a guy we saw him, yeah. him, him and Stroud got that. You know, what I'm saying left foot, right, right foot thing, whatever it is. I understand the, the hype for Tank Dell, but this is an offense. The Texans offense, I mean, they've been throwing the football a lot over these first three weeks, and C.J. Stroud has looked phenomenal. So things keep up. I can see Tank Dell being in that flex range. But at the end of the day, I think you're going to have to overpay for what Tank Dell is because he had a 70-yard touchdown. So I, I kind of want to slow the hype a little bit on Tank Dell. I understand it's easy to get excited about fun players like Tank Dell. Kind of came out of nowhere with Strong showing in the preseason. Um, but I think Tankdale is a guy that I, I like. I wouldn't overspend on. I think that there's, you know, you know, some of those players go through waves. Ask him. I, I'm in a, I'm in a deeper league, and I'm really good at running back. I could use a wide receiver. I floated out the idea of Jerome Ford because I'm I'm deep I'm deep at running back, and I have Alvin Kamara coming back now uh, after his three week suspension. So Jerome Ford for Tankdale was that a good deal? I think it's a wash. A watch, right? PPR, I think I'd rather have Tank Dell because I think Jerome Ford is part of a committee there in Cleveland. But it's a, it's a decent well, I, deal. I, I offered it. I, I was trying to be. I was trying to be fair because he's heavy at wide receiver and needs a running back. I I'm heavy at running back because I always try to trade from a what I need, what you need. So it's kind of at least makes sense for both parties. Yeah. Uh, all right. Number number two. Number two. All right. Here we go. Number two. We only got two left, and everybody's expecting one name. I'm gonna say that name at number two. Devin A. Chain. Devin yeah. A-Chain, right? Obviously, the 50-point game in PPR leagues. Devin A-Chain obviously broke out in a major way, but that entire Miami team broke out. We saw 70 points. <laughs> exactly. Like, we scored 70 points, and a lot of what Devin A-Chain did was in the second half anyway. Two really, really long runs. I get it. The kid's a speedster, and he looked even explosive in the first half. I'm not trying to knock what he did. But as a, as a guy in a backfield that's a committee, Raheem Mostert, Devin A-Chain, Salvin Ackman when he comes back, Jeff Wilson Jr. is expected back off of IR in week uh, week five. Plus the team throws. Jalen Waddle was out for this game. Like there was a lot of missing components to this Dolphins team that put up 70 points. I just don't see it being something consistent. So there's a lot of people saying go spend all your waiver bucks on, on uh, Devin A. Chain. Use your top priority. I don't subscribe to that. I think he'll be a good player, not great player. He's not an RB2. He's more of a flex option in deeper leagues. Okay. I do like I do like that I do like that track team though in Miami they 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 give everybody a run Man. for their money in a relay but uh, all right so this is number this is number one this is number one. Let's go. Who, who's number one? Number one, baby, Joshua Palmer. Joshua mm. Palmer, baby. This is a guy that you know we talked about Mike Williams going down and Quentin Johnston has the upside. Joshua Palmer is the floor. He played well last year when Keenan Allen and Mike Williams were both hurt. We saw him put up wide receiver three numbers. This is a floor play. So you're mentioning not having receivers. This is a person to go get that you can start comfortably in your lineups week in and week out. Maybe you think about what Mike Williams was and you slightly tear it down a little bit. That's Joshua Palmer and even more on some weeks. I think he'll be a good part of this offense, a vital part of this offense that's been looking to air it out. So I like Joshua Palmer a lot. He'd be my number one target. All right, so um, Derrick Henry going to be okay? I don't know about that. I'm My last name Henry. You can call me the king, but I don't know about Derrick Henry. That turf toe is real. I think it's going to take a couple weeks, three, four weeks. All right, I'm going to give you some rapid fire. Uh, I know you got to go. Uh, first off, where can everybody find you? Um, 
obviously I know because there's YouTube. There's t- I see you live on TikTok all the time. You never respond to me. I'm in the chat there, but whatever. I never, see, I never see your stuff, bro. Don't pop up. You, you know, you're always looking at the YouTube because you're bouncing back and forth between the two, and my timing's just off. Uh, but I'm gonna rapid fire some some questions. But where can where can they find you? Uh, where are your your stuff? Uh, yeah, Justin Henry with the three instead of an E. But you can find me on the Justin Henry Show. I'm live daily um, on the YouTube. So. YouTube is called the Justin Henry Show. Actually, this came out a fire intro. Fire intro. I'll have to show it to you, Tone. But yeah, it's uh, it's crazy, bro. So better than mine. Uh, it might be. My game. Uh oh. It yeah. might be. I ain't gonna lie. It might be. I just, the lab. I did I'll that. Myself. I did that myself. So. Uh, see this. I got. I got artists to do it. Oh, uh, we'll, we'll talk later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So, <laughs> so sorry. Yes, Justin Henry Show on YouTube, uh, and it's Justin with a. Uh, with the three instead of an E. Yep. Just three instead of three e. E. Yep. Same, thing, same thing on TikTok? Same thing everywhere, bro. Everywhere. On, on YouTube is Justin Henry Show. Everywhere else, uh, Justin Henry, three instead of an E. Same thing. Okay. Quick rapid fire. Here we go. Uh, Irvin K, two best starting wide receivers. Uh, I mean, you got to go Jettas. He's number one, Tyreek. Jettas and Tyreek. I don't think you can say it any other way. Two best receivers. That's them right now in fantasy. Oh, that's uh, a good question right here. So a lot of a lot of people what, are concerned. Uh, what what should you do with Jeremy with Jeremy Gibbs? Jameer Gibbs. He's, Jameer he's actually, Gibbs. Yeah, I, well, I it's, listen. I've said this. I can't say Mrs. Fluent's last name right, and I've known her since we were four years old. So just <laughs> yeah, I, I say names wrong all the time. I'll actually say the whole player's name wrong. I'll be talking about Devontae Smith and say Devontae Adams. So well, there you go. You, all right, yeah, you good. <laughs> Jameer Gibbs, bro. Um, the upside's crazy, right? But he's a rookie, so. I think if you have Jameer Gibbs, you have to hold on for better days. If you sell low right now, you're going to miss on the ceiling in the second half. So we've seen this with rookies before. Sometimes it takes them a while to get acclimated to the NFL game. And I think when David Montgomery got hurt, everybody was like, oh, man, this is the time now. Jameer Gibbs, he's going to take off. Sometimes it takes rookies time to get acclimated. I think in about six weeks, we're going to be talking about Jameer Gibbs in a whole different way. I would hold in PPR leagues. So if I can get him, if I could buy low. Oh, yeah. I should target that. Okay. Buy low, buy low, buy him as like a back end RB2. I wouldn't pay right or you know pre-draft prices for him. Right, right. Um, and also DeAndre Swift. Sell should we sell DeAndre Swift early? It depends on what you get for Swift because what you're waiting on with DeAndre Swift is the inevitable. I mean, I hate to say it, but he's been an injury-prone player over his career. That's really the only downside with DeAndre Swift in this offense, as it is right now. He's been great in the these last two games, but when it but the only thing is it really is still a timeshare with Kenny Gainwell, who had 15 touches yesterday. It's not like he didn't – or was it two days ago? No, it was yesterday. 15 touches on Monday Night Football. That's still – and he was coming back from an injury. So I know there's a lot of excitement about the way DeAndre Swift performed. He looks like the lead back now, but I think Nick Sirianni is going to go with the high end no matter what. Okay. Uh, he's uh, Justin Henry, the Justin Henry show. Justin Henry uh, – Henry uh, the, e, the E – no, a three for the E – yeah, on your socials, uh, those were the top ten uh, pickups in waiver wires for fantasy football. We're gonna have you back again sometime later in the season. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. All good. All right. So, those are your fantasy pickups. I got another super chat we're going to talk to uh we're going to bring up here in a second actually you know what i'm going to bring it up now and then we're going to bring up Haley and go through our top 10 list because i don't even know what this means akeem tell me what do you mean not gonna lie these clips that have dropped of your takes have been garbage which ones which ones which one i don't clip i don't clip them i don't know what the hell they say tell me tell me which ones and i'll prove to you that they're not garbage because you're probably just taking them out of context all right so we got top tens. Now, can you hear me? <laughs> I can now, Fluent. Um, and speaking of garbage takes, I think the one that everybody was like crazy about was the the like divorce analogy. That was the one that people keep talking to me about. I don't even know that one. What's that? I don't even know. What is that one? Where you said the Golden State Warriors were in a dynasty because they were divorced. Um, oh, yes. Once they missed the playoffs, the dynasty's over. But yeah, people absolutely. don't agree with you. That's just a cr- – and I told you that. I said, you know, this is just not how dynasties work. <laughs> you know why? That's because they – it is how – no, no. Let's be clear. That is how dynasties work, but people don't want to admit that the dynasty is over. Fans, you being one of them, don't want to admit that it's over, but it's over. Um, people that are going against them don't yeah. want to say, oh, we lost to this team. No, right. we, we lost to the dynasty. Like when LeBron lost to the Spurs in 2014, 
Oh, they lost to the Spurs dynasty. No, they didn't. The Spurs dynasty was from like 99 to 20, 2007. Because after that, the five, five years passed before they went to the finals again. They got knocked out in the first round multiple times in that five-year stretch. Your dynasty is over. Now, yes, the players remained in terms of Duncan, Ginobili, and Parker. But they were all now in their mid to late 30s, which... Anybody else would say, oh, it's because they were washed. They were old. You mm-hmm. know, Kawhi Leonard was still a baby. The dynasty is over because a true dynasty is like three three wins, three finals wins in a five-year stretch. That is that that's where you're a dynasty, not not anything else. So, so again, for, for the true definition of dynasty, once you've missed the playoffs, you're done. Like the Lakers dynasty with Shaq and Kobe. Yeah. Did that continue with Kobe and Gasol? No. no, it ended and then a new chapter began. You can't say because there was years that passed where they weren't in the finals. So that's that's my definition of it. If that's the one then Yeah, that's the one and honestly like one you contradicted yourself because you just said the Spurs dynasty was from 97 to 2007 when how many times no, no, that? 90, 90, 90, no, 99 to 07. They won they won there was a stretch. I forget the years, like maybe 99 to whatever where they won was it three in five years, something like that? Whenever they won three in five years, that was that and, was their dynasty. And how can you say the Warriors aren't a dynasty? They they were until they missed the playoffs, and then and then they and lost then a the new playoffs. one start, and, then and that new, was just the new, end. New, now it's just now if they were to win, what did they win two years ago? Yeah. If they, if they were to to win again this year and again next year, so that's three in four years, or in two years from now, three in five years, then yes, that's a separate dynasty. That's because okay. first, here's the thing look at the difference look at the difference in players right like in that first one it's curry clay draymond that win one but then yeah. it's curry but then it's really curry clay draymond and kd that win the other two and that's a dynasty that's just adding it's, a player to the same dynasty it's, yeah it's, it's yeah, yeah it's making that and, and then they miss the playoffs they have some injuries right whatever they don't do a couple years go by and now it's wiggins like Clay's not the same guy. It's still Clay, Draymond, and Steph, but though. But it's not right because now w- Wiggins was the second best player in that in True. that playoff run. So it's yeah. it's a different dynamics. So again, for me, you can yeah. say you can yeah. stretch it. I'm just I'm very much of the, I'm of the mindset that your dynasties are when you win. Like so, the mm-hmm. Spurs they every year Tim Duncan was there. They they made the playoffs and won 50 games. So people are gonna say, well, that whole stretch is a dynasty. Every- the, yeah. the Warriors have gone. Steph has been the best player and shot how, however many threes, you know. Right, and so. and for, and for me, it's that's that's great and it's an amazing run. But for me, a yeah. dynasty is winning. So there if you don't win, yeah, okay. and that's and, and it's not that the other definition or what you're saying is wrong. That's okay. I I respect what you guys are saying. Just for me, yeah. I'm hard. You know that I don't want to retire any numbers. I don't think half yeah. the people should be in the Hall of Fame. I'm just I I know that I'm strict. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like. I mean, you've got your your um, you know, your boundaries for what a dynasty is. So yeah. it, it was. It's, worth- it's still a great yeah. run. Still, yeah. like, I'm not knocking them. You, yeah. No, I love it. Um, so top ten greatest stories in sports. I gave my criteria already. For those that weren't here and didn't hear it, it. Um, and then I'll, what I'll do is I'll go through my list, give your criteria, you go through your list, and then we're going to invite the people on, and they're going to probably complain about dynasties versus yeah. the list. But who, who cares? Yeah. We'll talk about we'll talk about whatever you want. All right. Um, so my criteria is impact globally, or impact impact nationally, impact impact to me personally, mm-hmm. and then how big of a story was it? Like especially if it was old, like in the newspapers, on the radio, now on the internet, clicks, whatever. How big of a story it was, or I'll even. Because there's one on here I know wasn't an international story, but like as far as, you know, if you're an Olympic, uh, a person who watches the Olympics and the way that it made, I was just like wowed by it. It's that's why it's on here. Like it's not a big global story, but it's on here. So my number 10 uh, was the miracle on ice. So I shared that earlier, which was in 1980, Lake Placid, Team USA goes going into the gold medal game against the Soviet Union in hockey. Everyone said they were going to lose 80. It was around the year you were born. Um, Everyone's like, they're going to lose. And miracle on ice. That's why they call it that. And Team USA wins. So that was number 10 for me. Number nine. Number nine. That cheating son of a beep. uh, Diego Mandona with his infamous handball. The hand of God, they call it. Where he punched the ball in. 
in the FIFA World Cup um, to win, and and he cheated. He hit it with his hand. Uh, and no one, no, we're, yeah, yeah. You can go back and watch the tape. It's clear. No, so I know, that, I know, I know. You know this one? Okay, you know that one. Uh, so that's number nine, the hand of God okay. from. That was 19, okay. I want to say 86. There's going to be some new ones. There's going to be some new ones, but let's okay. go back even further because yeah. I think in the year that this happened and subsequently, like the fact that it's been 104 years since this happened. Oh, no. 104 Wait, what years. what sport? What sport? Baseball. Okay. And, and it's still a thing. And I still think it's something that happens. Let's just mm -hmm. be clear. Um, the Black Sox scandal. So when the White Sox uh, conspired in their involvement to fix the World Series, right? Huge black mark on baseball, huge, huge, you know, again, we still talk about it. And I'm telling you, Angie Carr got it right away. 1919 World Series. Oof. She did She did the math. Angie on point. Angie, Thank you. Always, Angie's always on point. Number seven. Now, for those, for those ones, right? I didn't have to explain the significance. Yeah. And for number seven, I don't feel like I need to, but I, I'll do it anyways just a little bit because we are a little strapped on time. So I won't go too much into it. But number seven for me is the Bulls dynasty of the 90s. Six <laughs> championships in eight seasons. Here's why. One, they dominated a decade. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Look, the Celtics dominated a decade. Why don't I have them there? Here's here's the difference. If if Michael Jordan doesn't win those six championships, if Michael Jordan isn't six and zero in those championships, mm -hmm. we're not having a discussion about Michael Jordan as the goat. If he had lost to, to we're not to having Maxi that discussion anyway. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, basketball are. Um, <laughs> if if he had lost to Magic, if he had lost to Magic, by the way, who was a two time MVP, was second that year, right? So second to Jordan. He, if he loses that one, we're not having this discussion. If he loses to the Trailblazers, the Trailblazers, people forget that was their second finals in three years, right? They had lost to Detroit, then they missed the finals, and then they played the Bulls. They had playoff finals experience. They could have won that. We're not, we're having a different discussion, right? The, it changes the whole course of history, I think. Um, obviously, if the Jazz pull off one of the, the two, uh, at the end there, if Seattle had Put Gary Payton on Jordan from game one. You never know. But if let's say the Jazz win in 98, right? Because they were they were the better team in 98 um throughout the season. Well, now Jordan's five and one. It doesn't really have that ring to it anymore. Always five and one, right? So now you can have now now LeBron probably is easily the consensus. Like, let's be honest, still the majority of people have Jordan. But now LeBron is probably clearly the number one. We're having conversations about magic and Kobe more. Because well, Magic was uh, five and four, something like that. I think uh, uh, Kobe is five and three. Like yeah, all these other people now become, you know, it's not just this two man race. Yeah. I think it, yeah. I think it's it becomes a, a bigger conversation. Yeah, and you're and you're saying if that if it was even like five and zero, oh, it would have it would have. Uh, I think it I think it changes. I think yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, six. I, I think it's. I don't think it's the six. I think it's the two three peats. Okay. Right? Yeah, well, yeah, had, that'll do it. Yeah. Mike and Mike and had a three peat. Russell had an eight peat, but everyone kind of eliminates those because of their eras, which they shouldn't, yeah. but they do. The Lakers okay. had a three peat, but they didn't do it again. Right. The Spurs were never able to even repeat. The Warriors, the Heat, like all those other great teams were never able to three peat. So there's mm -hmm. some added, I think, oomph because it was two separate three peats. So Okay. That like that well, that's significant is because I think for him individually, and it's the only time the Bulls ever won. The Bulls have ne never won before, never won after. Like that is their that's their ten years. You know, enjoy it, Chicago Bulls fans. Uh, yeah. Check out C Red right here on Players Choice. Um, number number six. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back a little bit for number six. Okay. Uh, in 1936, the Olympics. Jesse Owens, four gold four gold medal medals in Berlin in front of Adolf Hitler, who believed that the Aryan was the supreme race. Um, talk about kicking some dirt in, in someone's face. Jesse Owens, yeah. Jesse Owens did that and well-deserved for her, for him. Uh, but that was a huge moment in the world in sports. Um, mm. And I think, again, you can't, when you talk about that time, like everybody who kind of has that in their history books, it's the one I think sports thing that people are like oh and like they, they added on to World War 
you know, to a world war. There's this piece of it too. So it's huge. That's sick. Uh, number five. So this is the one that I think for me really sticks, sticks, sticks um, uh, in for me. Okay. So in the thumbnail, you probably saw a WWE wrestler, Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle. It's true. It's true. Yes, Kurt Angle. But before he became a WWE wrestler, he was an Olympic wrestler. And in 1996 in Atlanta, he was wrestling uh, and he won a gold medal. Seems pretty. So what? Right. Yeah, he did it with a broken neck. And for anyone that's wrestled <laughs> or anyone that's actually tried, tried doing anything with a broken anything. Um, so with a broken neck, he wrestled in 96 Olympics and won and won the gold medal. So for first being someone who was watching it and my family's very big into the Olympics. And, and yeah. so every, every event is really big guy with a broken neck winning a gold medal. Like I got to put him on this, on this list. So he's, Wait, all, what's he's, the backstory? Like, well, how did he break his neck before that? <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm probably in 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 another match in the build up uh, to the match um, is you know and just so it's it was from wrestling but it was oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, he's no, like yeah. I'm, I'll like be he, there no matter yeah what. it looks like he was yeah. in a car accident yeah 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 he broke he broke okay. he broke it wrestling and 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 went on to win a gold medal with a broken neck so as someone who has a broken back let me tell you it's very difficult um, you do now yeah 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 well I it's it's in never past, but it's in never the past healed. but it's never yeah. healed yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so trust wow. me, I, it's hard enough to get up in the morning, let, yeah. let alone wrestle and win the, win a gold medal. So, That's so, impressive. Hey, yo, so he's <laughs> on the list for me. Uh, okay. number four, number four, even if you don't know anything about this sport, even if you know nothing about the significance of what I'm about to say, almost everybody recognizes this and you're going to probably say you don't just ruin this whole thing, but, um, down goes Frasia, down goes Frasia. Like everybody my age knows what that means right away. Muhammad Ali versus Joe Frazier. Uh, yeah. They were best of friends. They became worst of enemies and never spoke again after I believe their three matches. But it was dubbed in 1971, the fight of the century. Uh, when those two, and they were both undefeated heavyweights uh, squared off against each other. Uh, so that, that was a huge, huge, huge uh, moment. I had to put Muhammad Ali in there as you've probably heard on Fluent and Chill because I've said this before. Got to meet him, got to have a conversation with him. Uh, he was a super Same. nice guy. Um, and so had to put Muhammad Ali in there. Plus what he meant, like his significance in the world and all that kind of stuff. But that that was at the time huge. Uh, number three, another huge, huge moment. Um, and some ties to Canada because he played for the Montreal Expos farm team for a little bit uh, before he got called up to the major leagues uh, to play for the Dodgers. Uh, in 1947, first year of the NBA, by the way, uh, Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier and being the first major African American uh, player in the ma in Major League Baseball. So that yeah. obviously huge, huge story in 1947. Uh, number two, number two, a little Chicago bias here. I'm not going to lie, um, but in twenty in two, let me ask you, it's a baseball story. Okay. In 2016. What was a huge Chicago baseball story? Do you know of any in 2016? Um, nope. <laughs> I don't know anything about baseball. Fluid. After 108 years, after 108 years in 2016. Oh, a, a certain Chicago, team. The Chicago Cubs, Cubs finally, yeah. finally won a World Series. Um, Are you a Cubs fan? Um, I, I, I'm, I'm bandwagon. Okay. Hey yo! I'm I I do like Chicago teams because of my you know yeah. my love affair with the Bears. Yeah. So because okay. of because of my two teams, right? I'm a Bears fan and a Laker fan, which is really weird for people to understand. Mm -hmm. But so I always have like a soft spot for LA teams and Chicago teams, okay. right? Um, they're not. I wouldn't say I'm a fan of them, but I'm, you know I'm always kind of on the side rooting for them. Yeah, that's huge. And number one, yeah, hundred, yeah, number one, number one. And and the reason this one's number one, the reason this is number one, is it, it wasn't even it was fun to watch. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't competitive. But what this did was spark a fire across the world that I think um, is is the reason we're here today. Like it's the reason we are on like YouTube. It's the reason why Players Choice exists. It's the reason um, you know Luka Doncic 
is who he is and Nikola Jokic is who he is and Giannis Antetokounmpo is who he is and the reason Team Canada beat USA in the bronze medal game at the FIBA World Championships it's because of the 92 Dream Team what the 92 Dream Team did was take basketball and it was like hey we're dominating Team USA it's college players but we're dominating them for a nice little stretch there and they went oh are you well that's because you're sending your professional players well here we're going to send ours too and when you know when you see a team going up against another team and they already know they've lost they're just like hey can we get your autograph can we get your picture oh my god i'm on the court with magic and bird and mike like that is just tells you but what it did was because i know from my relatives that live like i have relatives who live in like australia in greece and like all these other places and they're like oh yeah the 90 they still talk about the 92 dream team they started playing basketball like basketball was a thing but i mean it became a thing right like yeah. shack shack like our shack right is is even more popular his team olympiakos in, in athens is huge yeah. part of that is because this 92 dream team sparked an interest in basketball globally yeah worldwide. And it's interesting because we see like the numbers, like the TV numbers. I don't have them in front of me, but I will do a top 10 list on this eventually. Um, and we see like football. Oh, TV. Look how much like football. The worst football uh, game gets the same amount of viewers as the top basketball game on TV. Go look at online searches. And mm -hmm. it's it's the complete opposite. NBA worldwide gets yeah. like two, three times more the searches and the views and like on YouTube and that sort of thing globally. Right. It is a true global game. And I think this was kind of that if it wasn't the spark that made started the fire is a whole bunch of gasoline poured on on the fire yeah. uh, that got it going. And I think that's why the 92 Dream Team is on my list. OK, so that's give me your list. thank you very much. Uh, what is your do you have kind of criteria or. Well, I sort of did it wrong, so maybe we can just ask the chat. But because I, I thought one, I have a really bad memory, but two a lot of like the greatest things happened before I was ever born. Like I didn't really get to witness them. Um, okay. So I just picked the 10 moments that I, I liked. Yeah, no, I, th this is why this show. They're all warriors. That's okay. This is why this show is so phenomenal because yeah. it's your top 10 list, your criteria, whatever it is. So this is yeah. your warriors top 10 moments. Okay. My worries. There's a couple others in there right. too, um, but I didn't really, I didn't really rank them. But I'll, I'll start with uh, one. The Suns losing to the Dallas Mavericks. Um, that was hilarious because I think it was just the built one. I don't like the Phoenix Suns at all. And I think it was just the built up tension. Like everybody was rooting. Everybody was rooting. And I just, you know, you love an underdog win. So that was one for me. Um, Clay's 60 points uh, with 11 dribbles. Um, it's cool because like if you know Clay, like 11 is a it's a common number throughout his life. He was born on 11th street. That's his number. Um, so just to see him in that moment, especially looking back where we just, you know, he, he's not the same person anymore. So that was a big one. Um, Kobe's 81. And I wanted to ask you, what was your, were you, where were you when that happened? Were you there? Yeah. You, there. you got to go. So, how how do you cheer? Like, were you cheering for Kobe and the Lakers, or were you cheering for Toronto? Oh no, I'm 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 a it, when they meet, I it's I, Lakers. It's like I've never even been to Toronto. Yeah, I am I am a Lakers fan through and through. And the funny part is, neither one. I think they were both around 500. They they weren't good that season. Um, and I got flipped the tickets. I was living in LA, obviously, and yeah. I got flipped the tickets because it was like uh, these two teams, and someone's like, "Hey, Lakers are your favorite team." And you're from Toronto. Do you want to go? They was kind of like, yeah. hey, do you want to go? And I'm like, I even went, yeah, okay, sure. Because it wasn't like a big game. It was like in January or something. And yeah. I was just like, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Let's go. And and it was, and it, you know, I always say like, we, it wasn't like we, you know, when people say, oh, we knew Wilt was going to score his 100. We could tell something special. No, you didn't. Like, we were just like, oh, cool. Kobe's having a good night. Yeah, Kobe's, ha hey, Kobe's having a really good night. Halftime, man. Well, you know what happens. People score 30, 40 points in the first half, and then they finish with 50. So, yeah, that's cool. But then yeah. he didn't stop scoring. And we're like, 60. Hold on. Seven. When he hit 70, that's when you're like, what the hell? Yeah. Where Maybe are we going here? Even. We're like, yeah. And actually, some of us are like, is he going to go for 100? We're like, no, stop. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're my, even yeah. though he's. Away. Yeah, like, even when he got there, even when he got yeah. to like 67, and we now we started scoreboard watching a little yeah. bit more, right? We stopped, we started putting down the beers and started actually watching the game. Yeah. Um, it was still, it was never 
never thought he was going to go. And then when he, you know, finished, we we're 81, we're like, oh my God, did we just see this? And right away it was the discussions. And this, that's, that night was actually when I said, Wilt didn't score 100. Kobe had the most points in NBA. Oh my God. Well, Wilt scoring 100s on my list, Flint, oh, just, oh, just okay. to mess with you. Just because I know we've talked about it so many times, but just the thought of it, I, I think it was possible. Actually, I was reading some Bleacher Report article today, and um, I don't even know. It was like, uh, somehow I came across it, and it was like, what was the greatest decade of all time? And it said the 60s for some reason, but but and you know, that's hard to believe looking back and just seeing how the rules have changed and the athleticism and just different levels, but we we have no idea. Like if we could go back to some of these decades and actually see some of the players play, I, I just think we'd have a lot more respect for it. So I have a lot of respect for Will. I like the guy. I mean, like a hundred points, whether it was 99 or maybe, you know, 89, who knows? I, I think that's still insane and up there with Kobe. So well, it's, it's coming just so you know, there's going to be a top 10 reasons. Wilt didn't score a hundred or it was fixed. <laughs> Or it was fixed. Or it was fixed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair enough. All right. At six, I had, I had to put this in there. Um, Katie coming to Golden State. Uh, I think of all the trades that were ever made, this is one of the the craziest trades that have ever gone down. Um, and especially being a Dubs fan, like it, just the feeling of it. It was the beginning of a villain story, truly. And and he left a franchise that, honestly, a lot of people probably would have thought wouldn't happen. Um, and without Katie, I, I think that Warriors would have still won. No, I'm just kidding. But, like, you know, it made the... the uh, I know you're not. That's what you believe. It's fun. It, it, it heightened the competition, competitiveness of the entire league to a new level that I think hadn't been seen in a minute. So... Let um, me ask you a question. Yeah. Because it's interesting. Katie goes to the Warriors. Yeah. And um, he is the villain. Draymond, who they said, oh, he called him. He's the villain. Steph never the villain in any of this. No, Steph's no villain. Interesting. Steph's, right. Steph's our angel. Steph right. would never. All right, keep going. All right. All right. Keep going. Um, okay, you guys in the chat, just let me know what you guys think. Um, of course, uh, we all know the story of, you know, Steph, like if he was given the choice where he wanted to be drafted, he wanted to be drafted to New York. Um, I think a lot of people would, maybe not currently, but that was just such a beautiful place to play um, in a lot of history. So him dropping the 54 points, Madison Square Garden is definitely up there. Um, I wanted to put all the rings, but for some reason, ring number four was just different because I think a lot of like what you said, Fluent, people cut shut down the dynasty. They said, no way, it's never that. happening again. And then to get that finals MVP. Um, I think their first and their and their last were the most, most impressive. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And those are the two without KD. So, yeah, but just something about number four. It, I don't know. It was really special. Um, at number two, I had Clay's return after his injuries. So I don't know. For Warriors fans, like those two years, it was it was just really tough to see. And even though you might not think he's going to be able to bounce back the same way um, that he played before, and and you know that's to be expected. The fact that he's back and he pushed through all of that, and he was just such a inspiration. Right? We we like the sport, but we also love the inspiration that comes from all these like men and women that play. Um, so shout out to clay for that. And then my number one, I guess was Steph breaking the three point record, having Reggie Ray, his dad, his mom, like all these, you know, just the entire league, like supporting. you're happy. You're happy having Ray there. Ray didn't look happy. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's hard to like swallow your pride, right? A record you never thought would get broken yeah. and to break that. I mean, look, what was more like what felt more genuine lebron breaking his record or steph breaking his record like you know oh, no no one was happy about lebron no and kareem was like definitely yeah, kareem, not I, happy I, I thought kareem was gonna run out there and try to block the shot <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so um yeah sorry guys to to water everything down with warriors but for no, me no it's fine all yeah, right so okay so that's can, can you actually just because um, i'm gonna clip it can you just run 10 10 through one again. Just, no, just, just I don't want to be clipped. You don't want to be clipped? Okay. No, 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 no problem, but no problem. You read yours. You read yours. Okay, oh. we'll do mine. We'll do mine. We'll do mine fast. Okay. All right, so let's let's go back. We'll recap it so that I can get clipped. Uh, number 10, the miracle on ice. Number nine, the hand of God. Number eight, the Black Sox scandal. Number seven, the Chicago Bulls dynasty of the 90s. 
Number six, Jesse Owens winning four gold medals in the 36 Olympics. Uh, number five, Kurt Angle uh, winning gold in 96 with a broken neck. Number four, Muhammad Ali versus Joe Frazier, the fight of the century. Number three, Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier. Uh, number two, the Chicago Cubs winning the World Series after 100 plus years. And number one, the 1992 Dream Team and their global impact on basketball. Very right. good. Couple, solid we, list. Very solid list. Well, that's like you touched on everything. I did. I did take some time with it. I'm not going to yeah. lie. There are there, and it was so hard because I started with, like, I just started jotting them down, mm -hmm. and I got 30, and then I was like, I looked some up because I was like, I don't want to miss anything, and it yes. was like 40, and I'm like, uh oh, how do I make this? How do I make this 10? And so I started to like, okay. You know, like Lance Armstrong. I'm like, I don't want to do like he was on my top ten list for drug doping. So okay, I took him off. Um, you know, there and then there's just there was other ones. I'm like, all right, this is kind of redundant. Um, uh, because there was another Muhammad Ali one. So I'm like, let me pick one. Okay, take that one off. Uh there was, you know, a couple of more Olympic ones. I'm like, okay, let me let me take the Olympic ones off. All right, yeah. there was there was the you know, I really this one was eleven. It was the last last cut was the ninety-nine uh team USA women's soccer team winning gold because that was actually really big for women's soccer because after that there was actually a, a stretch where team usa's women's soccer team was getting more views is getting more viewership than the men's and it's like the only time that you'll see a, a women's sport really getting maybe tennis but in a team sport it's the yeah. only one i can think of that would have uh more viewers than, than the male uh team so that that one was big. It just it just missed the cut. Yeah. Um, and then and and so like I said, so there was it was really hard to do make some cuts. Um, and this one, so we have some super chats because I'm just yeah. I'm at the time. So let me go through because this one is uh there are some other examples here. So Angie Carr, Secretariat destroying the triple crown. Yes, horse. Um, is horse racing a sport? I think Jokic would say so. <laughs> I think so. I mean, <laughs> if, no. yeah, uh, let's call it a sport. I mean, anything's a sport. So that's, that's Jay's. I that's, think it's a sport. <laughs> that's Jay's sound. I told you I didn't have it this week, but they, he's I off this it. week. Yeah. All right. So secretary. Yes, that was a big one. Um, this is a good, this was another one, but like I said, there's a lot of Olympic ones. Mm, ah, oh. this is, this is oh. what I made my like all time list. Yeah. Yeah. Eight gold, seven world records like him. You saying bold. Like there's, there's a lot of, there was a lot of Olympic ones. I uh, was, swim I, I was swimming like when Michael, like Michael, Michael Phelps was my idol when I was a kid. Cause I was, oh, I was great. like in swimming since I was four, I became a lifeguard. I was young, but yeah, that was a, that was a big, big one for me. Shout all right. This one, so I got to tell you a story about this one. So Angie Carr said, surprised you didn't put Owen Hart's death up there. Uh, talk about a mm -hmm. gut punch. Uh, Cubs missed the Back to the Future 2 prediction by a year. Crazy. Have you seen Back to the Future? Do you know this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you know I've seen Back, Back to the Future. Okay, so, so two cool things about this. Yeah. Um, so, okay, there is one minute left. So I will, I'm going to put the link. I, I might. We might have time for one person. Yeah come on and share their story because i don't want because we got the uh hunter said fluent can you send me the link yeah that's why that's why i'm gonna send it in yeah. okay so let me quickly talk about this so i was watching that pay-per-view i used to i used to watch like every wrestling pay-per-view um and the one where owen hart you know he comes down as the blue blazer he hits the ring and we think it's all an act and then the screen kind of goes black and we're like yo like i paid for this pay-per-view and then you find out later that well he died but they still went on with the show. Like, it's just crazy, crazy, crazy. All right, so you have to be quick. I'm going to let you on, Honcho. Uh, go. What's up, Fluent? Uh, right. One story I want to say is Francis and Ganu's story. Man, that, that's an inspiring story. Working in the sand mines for, at the age of nine. Oh, I didn't hear the name. I didn't yeah, hear the name. Yeah, we didn't hear the name. Francis and Ganu. I don't know who do? UFC, well, he was a part of the UFC. Heavyweight oh. champion of the world, gonna fight Fury. Like I said, he worked in the sand mines at at nine. He decided oh, to flee wow. flee Cameroon to a better opportunity at like twenty six, and then in between that year, he was like, he spent like a year just trying to plot like an attempt to cross over to uh, European borders. Oh, that's crazy! Oh. That, wow, that. I'm, all gonna right, so that. Listen, okay. I'm gonna invite everybody uh, that has a greatest story of all time on next week unfortunately I only have an hour um so we're gonna leave you with uh 
with uh, our, our top 10 salute. Um, next week's going to be a good one. Dub and Jalen Carter are going to go head-to-head picking their top 10 most beautiful women ever. They don't say it as eloquently as I live. The baddies, uh, but the most beautiful women ever. Uh, it'll be Jalen Carter versus Dub. But until next week... Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one.